So we've been talking a lot about what we want to do after we're done with with the you know weekly news version of 8-bit and and yeah. uh, one of one of the ideas that we've been throwing around is you know creating like a, a scripted radio drama um, around some some sort of story possibly a story like that we that we just straight up write or uh, the other possibility was like take stories from you know like storytelling devices that we that we use such as D and D, you know, or other role-playing yeah. games, uh, to to naturally create stories and then and then touch those up and make them into nice scripts and and record them. Um, and this week I had an amazing idea while I was flying around all of the free ships in Star Citizen. We need to record like basically everything that we do in that game and then make those stories into a radio drama. Hmm. And it will be awesome. This is 8-Bit episode 111, Get Off Your Hipster Horse, on Sunday, March 22nd, 2015, and now, see you later, Space Cowboy. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Dibs narrator? Well, so if we do it, if we do it right, uh, you know, with enough, like, exposition for, for visual things that happen, we won't need a narrator narrator. That's true, that's you know, true. Like we could just have everybody voicing their own characters that they're that they're role playing in the game. Yeah. And then okay. Yeah. Yeah, no that I'd be down for that. Though I still want to do a D and D one as well, so maybe our Star Citizen oh, one course. about about intelligent stories and then our D and D one about goofing around <laughs> where there's, you know I, I told you about what happened in my last campaign, yes. Do you really think that we're gonna be doing intelligent things in Star Citizen though? Eventually. I hope so, actually. I hope so, because we're going to be sinking so much time into this. We'd better do smart things. Yeah. Yeah. Or so we'd hope. Yeah. The other thing about Star Citizen that I thought of um, that they absolutely need to do is they need to put in uh, essentially a Windows emulator into the game so that I never, ever have to leave the game. If I need to use something in Windows, walk, you know, to the to a computer terminal in my ship and then... Uh, <laughs> How pathetic are you? I mean, just get another monitor. That's what Ryan does, right? But if I'm in a VR headset... True? I See, I don't want... I want to never, ever have to leave this game, essentially. So you want a VR headset on the toilet. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, virtual reality will never have been crappier. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful about what you do. You might piss some people off. Sometimes, sometimes the future scares me. Because this isn't even a European server. Oh my god! <laughs> Does it ever end? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to make a runs joke, but um, I hope it. I hope it runs well. I guess. That that was just no no it didn't do it didn't do it glory wasn't nearly squishy enough. <laughs> I think we're trying too hard hard now. <laughs> All right, so we got some uh, listener feedback. Ironically, from Andrew, he thought of a few things to tell us after the show that he was on. <laughs> uh, so he says that he during the show he totally forgot to put in the the link to the YouTube video that he was talking about about the Sims. 
city arcology thing. Um, and by the way, like an arcology is essentially a city in a huge building, and I don't I don't understand what that means. I don't <laughs> I don't know how that would work. But now I'm thinking about the television show, what, Under the Dome or whatever it's called? Something like that. I suppose. Or like the Simpsons movie where they have the big dome. Yeah. Both of... I Wait. Was Under the Dome originally a Stephen King novel? It probably was. I mean, Stephen King writes a lot of those sorts of things that, you know, get turned into movies. Yeah. And, um, and I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Simpsons made a reference to a Stephen King novel that way. No. Let's see... Under the Dome, not IMDb, go to Wikipedia, and based on the novel of the same name by Stephen King. Hey, I win. <laughs> you called it. This is why I'm good at trivia crack. Um, also, Andrew says, why does he have more games than, uh, than me on Steam again? Well, I'm guessing that it's because you've bought more games than me since the last time that you checked, Andrew. Randrew? Ryan Andrew? <laughs> uh, Ryan no, I, Andrews? I always almost accidentally call him Andrew Ryan because of Bioshock and the fact that we have both a Ryan and an Andrew in the same context. Yes. Um, also, Savannah uh, gave us some feedback. She says that Journey to the West is also what Dragon Ball was based off of, apparently. I can see it. I can see it. I've never really watched Dragon Ball, so I have no idea. I am disappointed. We'll Sorry. That. Many shows. No, there's so many things on my list. Well, too bad. You know why? Because if we're living together, then I won't have to even go far to kidnap you for stuff. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, but you'll have to kidnap me away from uh, Star Citizen, which is unacceptable. I know where plugs are. This is... No, you wouldn't. If I need to, I know where magnets are. You butt. You butt. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. That's that unacceptable. Yeah, magnets are a little too mean. All right. So maybe no magnets. Let's talk about some video game headlines. So, dear listener, if you want to see any of the links that we're about to talk about, go to thenexus.tv slash ev111. That's where the show notes reside. So we're starting off with a few uh, Steam and Valve-related uh, news articles. So Valve has admitted that they have a lot of work to do in the customer support area, which is a very good thing for us because, yeah, like when your entire or most of your game library depends on a single account, a single login, and something goes wrong with that account, you definitely need a way to get that back, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that Valve is is admitting that they uh that they need to actually do a good job in that area. <laughs> yeah, I mean at least they were big enough to take take responsibility and go yes we need to <laughs> we need to improve this as opposed to just oh don't worry guys we'll do better or sorry not sorry you guys are the ones who chose to use our services. Because I know I've seen companies do that sort of thing before. And... Yeah, I'm I. I mean, but this it is 2015, and this is the first time that I've heard Valve actually even acknowledge that subject. Um, and Steam has been around for forever, you know? True. But have they also... Cause they... I, I've been hearing people complaining about Valve's uh, uh, customer service for a while. Okay, okay. Fair enough. But again, at better late than never. Yeah. Better late than never. All right, so speaking of Valve and Steam and... I guess kind of customer service, but not really. It's the fact that they're growing and starting to develop more and more um, mediums and services themselves. 
that they're providing. And I think this one, this next one is in particular response to like Twitch streaming and whatnot. So they they updated their Steam subscriber agreement. Um, and one of the biggest updates was that it requires users to clearly disclose when they are using a Steam service to promote a product, service, or event in exchange for money, free games, or other rewards. So essentially it's saying if you're going to be using this, our service to promote something, you have to let us know. I don't, I, I don't know if that's a response to Twitch streaming, but it, it, it seems more like a response to the fact that they have uh, you know, user-generated reviews built in now and yeah. uh, curator stuff and whatnot. And even not Twitch streaming, but like streaming of, of their own games, their own streaming service that's starting up. Yeah, so. and by, by starting up you mean it's been around for like three or four months now? Yeah. Something like that. It's still relatively young. I it's guess. Baby. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I view, you know, software that's been around for longer than a week as like, you know, old old stuff. Not even worth talking about anymore. Whatever. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Get off your fucking hipster horse. <laughs> Go get a PBR. So, um, do I, do I feed that to my horse then? I mean, you wouldn't want to feed it to yourself. No. <laughs> But I probably wouldn't want to ride the horse afterwards either. No, it would take a lot more. Uh, it would take a lot of alcohol to get a horse uh, tipsy, wouldn't it? They're yeah, large. It's possible. I don't, actually, I want to see that now. That would be hilarious. All right, you're talking about your next thing. I'm going to go to YouTube. All righty. So uh, Steam has reached 9 million concurrent users now. That's huge. I feel like it was just like a month ago that we talked about them reaching like seven or eight million concurrent users. Like, how are they growing so fast? What is what is what is fueling that right now? I don't I don't even know exactly. Are we moving on? Sorry, yeah, I found a video. It's not it's not much to say about it. I mean, you know, nine million. Yay, new milestone. Yay. Maybe they'll do something special when they get to ten million. But weird. For now, for now, it's just hey hey. Oh. However, however. Something fun that's new. Um, so Codemasters has um, released a few interesting um, tweets. So there was a a character from their game Overlord who has his own Twitter page. Um, Is it? I thought that this was on the the company's Twitter account. This was on both. Oh, okay. Um, so like it, it's it, it's this little online fight between Gnarl and Codemasters where he's talk he's making tweets about evil always finds a way and then useless trinket is losing its glow this won't be the last time you hear from us meat sacks remember um curse this useless trinket uh, and then that glow slate is a company device and we request you return it to the IT department immediately says Codemasters so obviously this little Gnarl thing has been inside of Codemasters and Evil finds a way. And then Codemasters, uh, their final thing was, oh shit, run! With a picture of a helmet with glowing red eyes on the ground. So it looks like a uh, new Overlord game is in the works. Now for those of you who don't know Overlord, it's a game that I haven't played that much of, but it's kind of ridiculous and silly. Because um, you are a big, this big evil bad guy and you run around with minions that will do your beating. Yes. So you have to know which sort of minions are right to use for certain situations. Um, so think Pikmin, but more violent. Don't the minions give you a lot of sass in that game? Oh, yes. <laughs> that game is so full of sass. <laughs> Pretty great. 
And let's see, there's are there two overlords out right now or something? Uh two overlords and expansion pack, to my knowledge. That's that's what I've got anyways. Okay. Cool, cool. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Now, another thing that we'll have to keep our eyes out for is Nintendo. Nintendo is partnering with uh, a company called DNA to bring their IPs to mobile devices. Uh, now, we won't be seeing, like, ports of existing games or anything like that, because, honestly, that would be a, a terrible idea. Um, but they'll be building, you know, new games with mobile platforms in mind. Um, but every, every, you know, all of the characters, all of their game franchises are all kind of, like, fair game. Uh, so, who knows, we might see, uh, you know, a Mario Kart game on mobile, we might see, uh, I don't know if Super Smash Bros. would make its way over, but, you know. Maybe, they'll, they'll probably want to see how well it does on the DS first. Right, haven't they already seen that, though? Because, like, Super Smash Bros. came out in last November, or October, or whatever. Has it actually been that long? Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also uh, developing an online membership service that's going to be accessible for from smart devices, Windows, and Nintendo systems, but I have absolutely no idea what that service will include. Um, they also announced that they're working on a new dedicated uh, game system. Right now, it's just, all that we know is, is its code name, NX. Uh, I don't even know if it's going to be like a portable, you know, handheld, or if it's going to be a home console or what. Um, We'll see. Time will tell. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe this means that I'll actually own some Nintendo games for the first time since Crystal version of Pokemon. Boo it up. Boo it up. Do it up, do it up, do it up, up, up. However, in the meantime, if you don't really want to wait for that to get going, you can apply to a particular closed beta. And this sounds like it'll be kind of interesting. So Dying Light, this is this this widely successful game that recently came out. Um, their developer tools... They are going to be releasing those to the public uh, with the hopes of the public making mods for the game to happen and whatnot. However, they're not quite at that point yet um, where it's completely open. So what you can do is you can, essentially you can apply to be involved in a closed beta specifically for developing content for this game. Um, so it'll... I, I kind of like the fact that they're actually trying to refine their developer tools before they get them out to the public. I don't think I've heard of anyone else doing that before, where it's a closed beta specifically for dev kits. Yeah, usually they just kind of like throw it out there and go, "Okay, have fun, do yeah. do your thing." So mm-hmm. this looks cool. Awesome. Mods are always fun and bring stupid, crazy things to games, and stupid, crazy things are what we're all about. Mm-hmm. So for pretty much every game that has been, you know, released physical retail, it uh, it gets, you know, a, a, an age rating, right? So in the U.S. we have the ESRB rated from E for everyone to uh, AO adults only. And uh, but a lot of times when you <laughs> buy games, seen. what? Never even seen one of those. Um, yeah, go look around. They they exist. Um. I'll I'll stay out of the back section of GameStop for now, I think. Well, no, I don't even think that they would uh, carry them physically. You know, you'd have to look around on the internet for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so so that's the thing is is uh when you when you're buying from a digital retailer, it's much much less likely that you'll even see what that game is rated. You know. Um. Yeah. Sometimes on Steam, some games have their uh their ratings listed on their store page, but not all of them. Um. And for mobile devices, neither Google nor Apple did this until now. Google Play Store is uh, introducing age ratings for apps and games. Um, and it's actually 
they're they're partnering with uh, all of the different regional uh, rating systems. So you know the ESRB in the U.S. and PEGI in Europe and uh, whatever they have in Australia, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it, from from what I read on the blog post, it sounded like it was something that just like the developers have to go in and enter into a, a form. And it, I don't know if Google's going to be actually checking to see if that's what the ESRB actually rated the game. But yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. Yeah, well, speaking of ratings, they are around for good reason. I've had some discussions with people recently about how, like, specifically with violence in video games, and that it's not really that much of an issue if people just follow the rating system, because hopefully those are set up in place so that people are mature enough to realize that that violence is not okay. Right, but also, um, who's to say exactly that the that the rating boards has the exact same values as I do, you know? Yeah, and and considers you know what what I consider to be appropriate, etc. Well, then get some child psychologists on the rating board. <laughs> Is what we need. Right, but how how like what's the guarantee that they agree with me, or that I agree with them? That's the beautiful thing about science: is whether you agree with it or not, it's still true. <laughs> so they can definitely find times where it's kids are less likely to emulate what they see. Right. Yes. I'm not arguing against that, you know. And it's just where is that happening where it's they won't necessarily be affected by violence or by certain subjects in games. Mm-hmm. But that's an argument for a later day. Um because one of those games that has an M rated that or M rating that's really needing an M rating is Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> Which of I course mean, I was playing in sixth grade. Yes. I mean, anytime when you have to go and help a bee pollinate a flower. If you know what I mean. A very well-endowed <laughs> flower <laughs> whose boobs you bounce on to get up to money out on an upper level. It's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Conquer is actually making a comeback on PC. Um, it won't necessarily be the original Con- Conquer's Bad Friday. This is set in the future. I think it's like eight or ten years after. Ten, ten years, I think, is what I read. Something like that. After the, the events of Conquer's Bad Friday. And it's coming specifically to Project Spark. So for those of you who don't know, Project Spark is, at least to my, my knowledge, what I was able to gather from it is, is it's essentially a develop it or a develop or dev kit um, sort of thing where users are able to create content. Um, it's kind of like then, I see it as kind of like a more structured version of Minecraft, um, where you can also go in and kind of alter the attributes of, of uh, objects in the game. Um, yeah, so, so basically it's, it's making development into a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, they're releasing a Conker's Bad Fur Day pack on April 23rd, so about a month from when we're recording this. And, I mean, yes, it'll cost some money, but it'll also come with some pre-made stuff for you to use. So, mm-hmm. So if that's your thing... If you want to go play Conquer, go get Project Spark. Hang around and play with boobs. Yeah, it's too bad that they only released Project Spark on the Windows 8 store. Which is really weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Microsoft loves to talk about how much they love PC gaming, and then they do stuff like that. It's like, what are you, yeah. what are you doing? Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and, of course, it's on Xbox One, but, you know. Xbox so, if you think about uh, you know how many how many groups how many companies have the power 
to lead up to a movie with a publishing lineup of 20 books, including like novels, comics, and uh, some things that really shouldn't count, like sticker books. Um, very, very few companies come to mind. And one of them, of course, is Disney. Dead So leading up to uh, the, the Force Awakens, the Star Wars uh, Episode Seven that's coming out this, uh, this holiday, they have tons and tons and tons of books coming out. So I have my work cut out for me during the fall. <laughs> in particular, the one that I'm uh, interested in is I think there's a there's a, a novel um, trilogy that's coming out that's uh, going to be explaining exactly what happened soon after uh, episode six and like what the I think mostly I think what the political ramifications are were of you know the the emperor's death and and who who tried to grab power at that time and you know, which which systems aligned with which uh, which groups. Mm. Yeah. Shoot, I had something to say. I just completely lost it. Oh, that's right. Come in the fall, I mean, it'll be nice because you'll actually have the time to do that because no more homework. Yeah, and Star Citizen won't be out yet. Oh, boy. Oh, Space Buddy. What are we going to do with you? Space Buddy. Space Buddy. See you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs> I need to introduce you to that, too. Um, what was that from? Cowboy Bebop. Ah, it's a fantastic show. Anyway, um, <laughs> in the meantime, um, oh, so the thing that we'd kind of been doing and then stopped doing, streaming, yay, streaming, oh, uh, yeah. internet, I, uh, um, but, so Blizzard, for some reason, decided to do something called the Blizzard Stream Awards, where they, um, so Blizzard is currently the the company that has the games that get streamed the most. So that's like Hearthstone, StarCraft II, World of Warcraft, Diablo III, and HOTS. Um, and so because of that, in a little celebration, they decided to have something where they they looked at um, all the different Twitch streams that uh, get used the most, both by the the streamers as well as by viewers. Um, and ha- handed out different awards, um, both to stream or both to the people who do the streaming, as well as actually to some of the viewers, like which viewers were most active in following Blizzard games and whatnot. Hmm. Uh, overall, they handed out um, one hundred thirteen thousand dollars worth of award prizes to all these people. Wait, one hundred thirteen? Yes. Because the the URL says ten k. Um, uh, ten square-eyed people. Oh. For, well, those are the ones I think who, who were watching. So, first place... Okay, let me read a little paragraph from this. The awards in question were for most active viewer, given to the viewers who followed the most Blizzard channels, and most dedicated viewer for having the most active subscriptions to Blizzard channels, averaged across 2014. First place in each category was worth 2014. Second took 1000 and prizes went down by $100 each time from there. Mm-hmm. That means 10 square-eyed people just split a $10,828 sorry, $10,828 pool just for watching a lot of Twitch. Okay. TV friends. So that's that. Um, so I'm assuming the main prizes went to the people who were creating the content and streaming. Got it. That makes more sense. And that's how you write a confusing headline, kids. And that is how you get money by watching video games being played, friends. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming that Blizzard handed this out in, you know, cold hard cash. But if they wanted to, they could have given uh, each of those people, uh, they, they, they could have handed out the $10,000 in the form of 10 GTX Titans Xs. Because we now know that those are worth $1,000. Oh, dear Lord. 
actually, I was, oh shoot, where was I? I didn't put it in here, but, um, uh, oh shoot, what's the, give me a sec. You're going to so have it's... to use your words if you want me to help <laughs> think of what you're thinking of. I know, I know. Um, so, newer line of uh, video cards. Maxwell? Might have been Maxwell. But, I mean, that's the architecture name. No, Pascal. Ah, Nvidia okay. Pascal. Hasn't come out yet. Right. It hasn't come out yet, but they're saying right now that um, it's going to have approximately ten times the power of the Titan X. Yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of the the CUDA core uh, performance. Yeah. 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 I just thought that that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's completely but, ridiculous. That's technology. That is future proofing to the max. It is the future. And I say yes. And I say that now. <laughs> but watch. Two or three years down the line, after that thing gets released, it's going to be completely obsolete. I mean, I'm still on the 670 right now, and that's over two years old, and, you know, I'm still quite happy with it. Okay. Maybe not completely obsolete, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of things that can utilize good graphics cards and whatnot. So Evolve is introducing its four new hunters, as well as they're going to be releasing the Goliath soon. Um, so if you don't remember, the Goliath was big tanky tank. It sort of rolls around and hits things. It can't jump it much. It can't really, or doesn't really have much in the way of mobility. But if it can get big, it tanks like no other. Um, so we tanks have, in a good way. Tanks in a good way, yes. <clears throat> okay. So I have on the Evolve game website four new hunters that are going to be coming out. Um, it says on March 31st to all platforms. So new guy by the name of Torvald in Assault. Um, now none of these have... Unf- oh, wait. Okay, they do tell us what sort of what they have. So I'll, do you care if I read the descriptions off? Go for it. And this is from the as website as itself. Not, it's like really, really long. It's, it's like a paragraph each, and they're fairly short par- paragraphs. Okay. Okay, Torvald, uh, so the assault. Torvald has a Goliath-sized beef with monsters. Survivor of a monster attack, Torvald was nearly torn to pieces, rebuilt into a half-human walking tank. Torvald is headed to Sheer with a head full of revenge. Besides cybernetic implants, he's sporting back-mounted mortar cannons. As deadly as those mortar cannons are, rounds are at a distance, Torvald is straight-up vicious up close. Toss a shrapnel grenade, and he peppers a target with weak spots. That's when you unload rounds from his auto-fire shotgun and rack up some serious bonus damage. So, sounds like he's going to be... Like, have no mid-range, but long-range, snipe, and short-range, go go ham. Um, Alright, so Crow, who's the new trapper. Crow is a bit of a recluse. He actually retired to the unsettling parts of Sheer to be left alone, until the monsters came and screwed everything up. He understands the planet better than most, which makes him perfectly suited as a trapper. Now, Crow and his trained pat er, and his trained pet Batray, Gobi, are going to get rid of the monsters one dome at a time. On command, Gobi flies ahead to scout an area and lets Crow see nearby creatures. Gobi flies out a couple hundred meters at most in line of sight, eventually finding its way back to its master. Crow's stasis gun has two firing modes. A rapid fire mode briefly slows down the monster, but a charge shot will drop a monster to a crawl for a longer period of time. Then there is his kinetic long rifle. The rapid fire mode deals lots of damage per second, but the chart but charge the shot and he's able to punch straight through a monster's armor and damage its health. It's sneaky and vicious, just like Crow. Oh god, that's terrifying. <laughs> Slim the medic. A forgotten soldier from a forgotten war. Slim is not human. Not anymore. 
His DNA was genetically modified so much that it, that this combat medic resembles some insectoid hybrid. He kind of, of looks like uh, he looks like the Drell from Mass Effect. He does, doesn't he? Except with giant insect eyes. Yes. <clears throat> All of Slim's abilities not only mess with the monster, or not only mess with the monster, he has some unique ways to keep his fellow hunters in the fight. His primary weapon, the leech gun, saps strength from the monster, and that fuels how quickly his healing burst reloads. His healing burst also happens to have the largest radius compared to all the other medics. Slim's healing drone buzzes around the battlefield, targeting teammates and helping them regenerate health over time. As soon as the hunter getting healed is attacked, the drone returns to Slim. Of course, the monster can't hurt what it can't find, and Slim's spore cloud launcher masks the scent of the hunters, giving you the perfect opportunity to get in close. Hmm. God. Kind of scary. Okay, and then finally our support, Sunny. Sunny goes a long ways back with Abe and Parnell before coming to Sheer. In fact, Sunny was one of the original four hunters back when Evolve was first created. Now the ace pilot, engineer, and eternal optimist is coming to help her old squad mates. As support, she's protecting the team with shield drones that will cover nearby teammates and take the hits for the hunters. In order to help them with a quick escape, Sunny's jetpack booster lets teammates fly further, faster, and not run out of juice while in range. All that said, Sunny is perfectly capable of dishing it out. Her mini-nuke grenade launcher packs more punch in a single projectile than any other hand-wielded weapon in the game. Nice. Well, all right then. So, more and more teams, more and more comps. I still, I'm, I'm still on the fence about getting it, but I still kind of really want to get it. So it was fun, the bit that I played anyways. So. I mean, we'll yeah. If you if yeah. you think you're gonna have a really good time with it, do it. Yeah. yeah. Now. If you were uh, trying to make a game, a puzzle game, with narrative, and you wanted to make sure that the puzzle-focused players were interested in the narrative, and the narrative-focused players were interested in the puzzles, what would you do? Well, you'd probably try to intertwine the two, of course, right? Yes. So that's exactly what uh, Touchstone does. It's a mobile game in which uh, the NSA's work has been crowdsourced. So you solve puzzles in order to hack into other citizens' emails in the, in the fiction of the, the universe, of course. Uh, and then if you find anything suspicious, you you know report it to your superiors. Um, hmm. And so, so, yeah, the only way to get further in the story is to progress in the puzzles, and uh, it's impossible to do the puzzles and then just ignore, like, the, the whole, like, the email messages, because each one you have to read the message and then figure out if it's a suspicious one or not, if it warrants attention. Hmm. Interesting. And now I just have to wait for it to come to Android. <laughs> It'll get there. In the meantime, you can play the demo to another puzzle game that I found. It's called Cadence. Um, so Cadence is an interesting game in that what you do is you have a bunch of points in space that you have to connect. Um, now the different points interact in different ways. So you have your basic just black dot. Um, then you have a a cone uh, that directs it or that will direct the um, the pulse that is sent along the connections in one direction. You have a square which will bounce it back. You have teleporters which will bounce it from one place to the next. Um, diamonds which will only set off if they're hit with two pulses um, and whatnot. So it's there's a lot of puzzle or tricky elements as to how are you going to make everything work. And that's essentially the, the point of the puzzle is to get get it so that you can send a pulse that goes continually without canceling itself out. And the pulse cancels itself out if it doesn't have a place to go, or if it runs headfirst into another pulse. Okay, and and of course, uh, whenever a pulse hits one of those uh, one of those nodes, 
it uh, you know makes a makes a noise. So this game is sort of like a, a music creator as well. A little bit. In a um, way. In a way. They gotta get everything to fit together. It's 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 kind of interesting in that sense. Um they actually have a demo up on their website, um, which I downloaded and played all the way through. It was it was actually challenging at some points in time, just because it was it was a bit of a stretch for me, even me, someone who's very music oriented. Mm-hmm. Um to think well, who's not only music oriented but has a very spatial oriented brain to think in such a way where how do I get this whole thing to fit together in time? Yeah, the puzzles kind of remind me of graph theory, just with yeah, nodes and connections and some directed connections and stuff like that. Yeah. Either way, it looks interesting. Um, and they they have a Kickstarter going right now, but unfortunately, it looks like they've got no chance to to make it to their goal. Yeah, not not to make it to their goal. It looks like they might have a chance to do. Or hopefully it'll still get go through, even if it doesn't make it entirely to their goal. Oh, are, do they have flexible funding, or is it uh, is uh, it the standard one where where they you know only get the money if they make it all the way? I don't know. Where would I? Um, somewhere on the Kickstarter page, you would probably say flexible funding if that's what they were using. It doesn't look like it okay. has that. Well, hopefully they can still make the game without the Kickstarter uh, money. Anyway. Yeah. So. Going to uh, my favorite Kickstarter game ever, Star Citizen. Gee, I never stop talking about it, do I? Um, <laughs> last week, if you recall, we we joked uh, about the you know 100 gigabyte install of Star Citizen isn't really going to be a problem for those of us who already own the game because you know we'll we'll basically get each of those those parts as they come, so we won't have to install the game all at once. Well, this week uh, the joke's on us because. Star Citizen version 1.1 is out, and with it, they are bringing a new updater. So everybody has to uninstall their old version of the game and install the whole thing from scratch. Woof. Let's hope that anyone who has to do that doesn't have a limited amount of data. I'm guessing that if they're interested and, you know, willing... Like, if they were willing to put money into Star Citizen already, I'm guessing that they've already considered that. One would hope. Because this game is the future. The future doesn't run without data connections. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What are we going to do? Oh, well. Oh, what are we going to do? I'm going to reinstall it. I might do that eventually. However, um, (laughs) something that has not yet entirely been released, so (laughs) the game that I was playing right before we started this show was none other than Goat Simulator. And so, okay. Do you know? Do you? How much do you know about Dota, specifically Dota Two? Um, it's the kind of, I guess. No, no. Actually, that was completely wrong. I mean, it, it's it's Valve's first MOBA made in conjunction with uh, the original creator of Dota, which created that whole genre. And yeah. uh, it's you know currently seems like most played game. Yeah. Um. Well, in in the game you have it's sometimes difficult to go back and buy items. So what you can do is you can get a, something called a courier, where you can oh you get mean like okay a, you mean like okay those kinds of items that yeah. that give you buffs and everything. Got it. Yeah. So like the the in game items. I thought I thought you meant like the uh, you know the Steam um, uh, marketplace <laughs> items kinds of things. You know. 
Not quite, but this is on the Steam Marketplace, the thing that I'm eventually leading up to. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get a courier to go back and forth and go to the store, you give it money, it goes to the store, buys items for you, and then it comes back and you grab it in lane and you don't even have to leave the safe, or you don't even have to leave your lane um, as this thing goes back and gets items for you, which is really nice sometimes. Weird. Yeah. Um, well, Coffee Stain Studios, the guy that did, or the guys that did uh, Goat Simulator, have made a goat simulator courier. And it has not necessarily been um, officially released yet. It actually has to be voted into the game, but but it's pretty fantastic. So yes, go 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 get a, a jetpack moving, um, two 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 hoof walking, tongue slinging goat to use as your courier and uh, go vote to make this a thing because it's stupid enough. So why not? Almost don't want it to happen. <laughs> what? I almost don't want that to be a thing. <laughs> well, then don't vote. I'm not. Maybe vote no, but I prefer you didn't vote no because I want this to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care enough to vote no, but you know, obviously, I don't care enough to vote yes either. <laughs> oh man, Goat Simulator. Why did so that happen? <sighs> I don't know. I found a way to fly in the MMO. <laughs> I broke it again. Uh, like you mean besides grabbing the uh, the the jetpack made of uh, pressurized gas cans? Yeah. Well, no. This this is in the MMO simulator part of. Right. But oh, the, so all the same items aren't in that as well? Nope. Oh, okay. I th I thought that it was uh, like an, an expansion off of the original map. Not quite. Okay. So I was playing a tank microwave. Um. Of course you were. Running around. Um, and so I found that I could explode and propel myself in certain directions, and I was actually able to use that to fly up to a place where I was able to get the power to turn off gravity. So I would jump and then explode in a direction, and gravity would turn off, and I would just fly. And it'd be great. Now, that sounds a lot like decoupled mode when you're flying around in Star Citizen. And I actually have a reason to be talking about this, because... Uh, one of the things that I did this week was I played just a ton of Star Citizen uh, to try out all of the different uh, free ships that were available. So You're not excited for this at all, are you? Oh my god, oh my god, I'm so excited for this game. Um, so I, in addition to, to in going and, and... What? Keep it in your pants. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not attracted to ships in that way. So I don't think that that should be a problem. Um, but in in addition to going and actually trying out the ships, you know, in flight and combat and everything, um, I got to I just look at all of the ships in my hangar. So I took <laughs> I took a few videos of of myself just walking around the hangar and drinking it all in and getting all excited and trying to identify all of the ships with Caleb's help because he was in a voice call with me and, and getting uh, stuck in the ships. Yeah, and get yeah. When, you, when you're trying to interact with ships that you've never seen before, uh, things get a little weird, especially when one of them kind of glitches out and sends you in the wrong direction through doorways and won't let you, uh, you know, walk down a ramp unless you're facing towards the ship. Yeah, that. Oh man, um, it was great. It was great. Uh, so was here's great my so here, here's my my thoughts on some of the different uh, ships that I tried out. So. Right now, the one that I own that I permanently have is uh, the 300i, and I got that ship. I bought it without really doing any research uh, on on any of the ships. 
I just kind of got the $60 one because I figured, hey, this game is, you know, easily going to be worth, like, a, a standard $60, you know, big game purchase to me. Yeah. Turns out that's definitely not my favorite ship uh, <laughs> ever um, because, so, for one thing, um, Caleb made me try out the M50, which is uh, also by by the same in-game company as the 300i, but it's like way way smaller and it just has some gigantic engines on the back so it's like a hyper racing model and uh much like the 300i it's got dinky little guns on the sides because the 300 series is not built for versatility it's it it's got one thing in mind and that is like speed and maneuverability so it can actually handle well it, yeah it handles well but i mean um you know it doesn't have any like cargo space or anything uh, it only has one uh, one seat in the entire, you know, ship. You you can't fit more than one person in it. Um, so it's a combat ship. Except that it has dinky little guns. Um, I guess you'll be able to put more guns on it, but I, right now, like, I'm not impressed with with either of them. Um, I, mean, I mean, you don't like, you don't need a huge armory if you have the if you have the mobility to move around and essentially stay out of their firing range. It doesn't matter how big their guns are if they can't hit you. Right, but I mean, like, combat isn't even what I want to focus on either. You know, that like, this is this is going to be a ship that I'm living in and doing work in, and you know, so I need something that I can actually use for purposes other than just like moving around quickly. Because I'm like, racing isn't going to be what I'm doing in the game. I'm probably not going to be good enough to you know to to do that. Um, Time to get so- a joystick. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the ship that Caleb suggested I check out uh, that that he thought I would be actually interested in knowing was the Avenger, um, and that's uh, that one is in real world money right now. Before the game comes out, uh, it costs seventy five dollars. So um, I tried it out, and I did really enjoy it in uh, in combat because it's actually. So whenever I was flying like the 300i or the M50 around and actually fighting uh, the the um, Vandal Swarm in the game, I usually slowed way way down from from the ship's top speed because there's absolutely no way that I would ever be able to hit anything or you know maneuver quickly enough. Like I would I wouldn't be able to see asteroids coming fast enough to like turn uh, away from them. So usually. Um, you know, the, the speed of the ship was only really useful if I was dogfighting, dogfighting, dogfighting. Oh, my shields are down. Okay, time to rabbit out and, and just get away from them for a minute, let my shields recharge, and then go back in. Um, hmm. So the Avenger is a, is a heck of a lot slower than uh, the 300i or the AM50, um, but it definitely makes up for it because it has a nose gun that's actually gimbaled. So it follows the mouse for aiming instead of following uh, the the direction that your ship's pointing, um, and then it also has some wing guns. Um, and in terms of like being able to use it in game later on uh, for for actual you know profit making stuff, um, it has it has some more cargo space and it actually has a couple of bunks in it. Um, and they're they're kind of marketing it as appropriate for bounty hunters because you can like go and capture whoever whatever criminal you're after and then like stick them in the cell uh like lock them essentially in a bunk in your in your ship until you get back to you know the place where you collect your bounty um can i be so one question one do we have a clan um 
I Caleb's joined like a big old organization in the game. Um, I don't know how much that bearing that's going to have on on what we do in game. Um, but I think like just you know those of us who know each other in real life, we should definitely just kind of fly around together and uh, and have fun. We'll be a crew. Because I kind of want to be a bounty hunter. We can we can try that out for a little while. Yeah. You and me. Uh, I, we'll we'll probably do a few different things in the game. Um. But yeah, maybe maybe that's what we should do with our first characters is try out bounty hunting. How's that? Me and you and you and me. Okay, I definitely need to show you um, Cowboy Bebop because they have a ship and the three main characters are all bounty hunters. <laughs> you can be Spike, I'll be... Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Here, put, put the link in, uh, in, the, in the show notes so that uh, everybody... so that I can go and look at whatever you... you know, at Cowboy Bebop and, and so that everybody else can too. Um... I'll, the others I'll just put up the Wikipedia thing. Um, so the the other ship that I checked out that I definitely would love to own, but definitely will not be buying, was um, the the Super Hornet because that ship costs like a hundred and eighty dollars, and uh, it's like the the Hornet series um, are a bunch of like military class ships, right? And so the the Super Hornet is the largest of them. It has the most weapons. It's it's got uh, some some like it's got a turret on top and, and uh, like a, um, a they basically look like double Gatling guns um, on on top and then also under the nose and those are gimbaled uh, in in arena commander when you're flying around by yourself um, so basically whenever you you know left click you just get like this it it, it looks like you're in uh, an X-wing fighter shooting because it's you know four lasers going uh towards your target all at once um and then it also of course has uh, has the wing mounted um fixed guns and man I can kill things so fast in that ship it's so satisfying <laughs> uh but again like it's really expensive and doesn't have much use other than its intended you know combat combat use um so I'm definitely gonna go and get the Avenger. Um, I think that I think that the week is up for for the free ships, so I won't be able to go and try out like the uh, the uh, the Cutlass, which is the ship that Caleb owns. Um, I never flew that around to try it out. Um, I also didn't try any of the Auroras. I know that those were available as well. Um, I kind of wish that I had also had time to try out like the the M50 or uh, or one of the 300 series in at racing because that sounds like fun. But I can always do that with the 300i before I before I trade that in for an Avenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the the other character's name was Jet that I was thinking of. So Jet Jeff and Spike. Spike and Jack. Okay. I'd be Jet and you'd be Spike. Why? What are their what are their personalities like? Why do you why are you assigning them as you do? Well, also, like, body type. Well, our body types can be whatever we want them to be in the game. I'm, I'm thinking in real life. That, that has absolutely no bearing on what's going to happen in the game. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Spike is also a little bit hot-headed and irrational, whereas Jet is a little bit more level-minded. And <laughs> I don't and, remember which of us you, uh, you assigned to which of us. I was gonna be Jet. I was gonna be the level-headed one. You were gonna be the hot-headed idiot. Oh, okay, sure. Thanks. Who's not that? Actually, not that hot-headed. Who? He's also the one that is the more of the badass of the two. Okay. My opinion. No, Jet was still <laughs> Jet was still my favorite character in that show. All right. Um. 
Yeah, I, I, I took a few videos, posted those on YouTube, um, and uh, also Polygon released a video that, oh man, just, I, it blew me away. Like, I was I was hyperventilating while watching this video, because uh, so uh, one of their readers um, sent them the coordinates to, like, uh, a, well, they, so they were role-playing while recording this video, which was really cool, because that's basically what we're going to be doing, too. Um, but, like, so some reader sent them, I think, his login information so that they could uh, go and check out all of the ships that he has in the game. And uh, he, apparently he's spent, like, several thousand dollars on ships in Star Citizen. Actual money? Yes, yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, all of these, like, luxury ships, big, uh, military variants on, on some of, uh, like, on the, the freelancer, um, oh man, it's crazy, crazy stuff, the, like, custom paint jobs on, on one of his Mustangs, like, it's insane, and I want them all. <laughs> so maybe you'll get the bounty on your head, and then I'll come after you. What? Why would, oh, because I'll be stealing the ships from him? Yeah. Got it. Yes. Who knows? Maybe maybe one of my characters will be unscrupulous enough to do that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I can get you then. Yes. We got to stick together because we're bros. True. Fine. I'll make an unscrupulous character that's got your back. <laughs> so speaking of bros, that reminds me of um, an excellent scene from Tales from the Borderlands episode two, which uh, came out this week, and I played it today. Oh my God! So this is this is a review, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh my God! This is the best Telltale episode I have ever played. Like it is just it it was top notch comedy, joke after joke, hilarious. Um, I you know I I couldn't stop reaching for you know the Alt F10 to to take a, a um a video of the last five minutes so I could keep all of these jokes forever and ever. <laughs> And uh, so after after we uh, finish recording this, I'm going to upload all of those to YouTube and you know splice them all together into like just a, a a continuous video of all of the best jokes in the episode. And uh, um, hopefully I'll be able to finish that before Ryan posts this episode, and so I'll be able to include that link um, in the in the show notes. But man, if if you if you have a similar sense of humor to to the two of us. You will enjoy this this game, this episode in particular. Um, man, it's it's so great. Have you have you been playing? Have you started playing it yet, Ian? I haven't. Actually, I've lost or when when my computer went down um, and lost juice, it actually lost access to your library. So we've got to reactivate oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we should do that um, right after we finish recording. But man, like. It, ah. It was also like not only was it was it just uh, really really funny, but also um, very like the the episode was very very stylish in a way that I appreciated. Um, mm. Like in particular, their um, the like the title sequence when they were you know going like this is you know presented by Telltale Games. Um, you know the, it was, they were basically in in the game. What was happening right at that moment was like. A, a big car wreck, you know, and things are just flying, and it, you know, and so you see everything going like really slow motion, and parts of you know the the text are like coming out of different uh, different objects, like you know a, a chest kind of bounces open, and and you know the words like 2K games fly out, and uh, it was it was really cool. I can definitely appreciate style. <laughs> 
And also, yeah, like I'm I'm enjoying really really enjoying kind of playing with uh the the different personalities of the characters and and what their motivations are while I'm uh you know choosing their um their dialogue options because like um you know one one of the one of the characters is totally uh obsessed with uh with with uh, handsome Jack, and they they like established that in the first episode. Um, but you know, I've been playing him kind of as as like trying to make it seem like he's not quite as uh, as as obsessed as as he actually is, you know. And so kind of just just denying everything as whenever that comes up. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yes. You should definitely play it, Ian. You'll you'll love it. I'm planning to. Whew. Absolutely planning to. I'll have to download it and maybe do some of it over spring break. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, or yeah, actually, oh, I don't know if the game actually uh, synchronizes save game files between computers, but yeah, because uh, I was thinking about uh, um, maybe just letting you play it on my computer, but whatever. Um, have you I been mean, playing Steve anything Cloud. interesting? Um, that I, I mean, does it ha- does it have that? Because that's on a game by game basis, you know. That is on a game by game basis. I don't know that. So yeah, I'll just download it and do it on mine. And I mean, I got room on my computer. I have a one terabyte oh, yeah, internal. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> Have you been playing anything interesting this week? Uh, not really. I haven't had much time. Just it's midterms. Oh, so sad. Midterms. I already, I already got past that. Yeah. Oh yeah. The other thing that I did was uh, I managed to make it down to rank 17 in uh, in Hearthstone this week. Nice. That was pretty exciting. Oh yeah. When does the when does that end? When does it? There. I think there's nine days left right now in in the season. Okay. I might want to try and get to 20 then. Yeah. And that that shouldn't be too hard. You should be able to get there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for this week. Same here. I hear that uh, the the next episode of Telltale's um, Game of Thrones is coming out before the end of this month. So maybe I'll get to play it this week. Maybe it'll be next week. Who knows? But I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Also, just waiting for uh, the Hearthstone expansion, Black Rock Mountain, to come out because I've been. Saving up gold. I'm up to about a thousand gold right now. It's good. <laughs> what are we gonna do with you? That's like, jeez. What? Actually, I'm 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 impressed that you're able to keep yourself restrained enough to save up for that. Well, the only other thing that I could possibly be doing with that gold is buying packs and uh, going into the arena. And I don't know. I don't. I don't really like the arena as much because um, you know you're forced to use whatever random cards you're offered. And I, I much prefer having like a consistent, you know, because I, I know how the decks that I have built for myself work, and I know what to do with them in most situations. Whereas if I, you know, have to draft and, and make a new deck, uh, then I forget how everything interacts in the deck almost immediately <laughs> after I after I build it, you know. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, buying packs uh, is is definitely a good thing to do, but it's it's not too hard to just go. Okay, I'm gonna wait, buy you know, buy all of Blackrock with with gold, and then after that, I'll just buy a bunch of packs. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that'll make things worth. It. That'll make it a little worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should start playing enough to the point where I can do stuff like that. Maybe, possibly. I don't have that time. No, never mind. I mean, so basically. Especially not with the, the lady in my life. The, well, the best the best thing to do if you want to you know play Hearthstone and get uh you know get enough gold to really like actually get new cards and stuff, uh, but not spend tons and tons of time is just come back 
uh, every you know one to three days to to just knock off those daily quests that you get because those that's where you get the most gold by far. Yeah. Um, what, what 120 worth? 150 worth? Uh, no. Mo- so on average, they are worth 50 gold. Um, yeah, and you get three three a day. Or no, three no, each time you, you go back. You get you get one a day up to three. So that's why you need to come back at least once every three days, because otherwise you just have three sitting there waiting for you to complete them, and you don't get any new ones. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, some, some of those are worth 40 gold, and those are usually for, like, winning two, two games with uh, a particular class. Some of them are worth 50, and some of them are worth 60. Mm, okay. But, Cool. It's, it's not too hard to get, you know, two to five victories uh, with a class in a day. That's uh, depending on how much time you have and how good that deck is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that—that's the other thing is, uh, like, the the more the more packs you bought, you know, the more cards you have. So theoretically, the more chances you have of building a good deck, and then the more, you know, so the better your deck is, the more you win, and then that, the more gold you get, and then you can buy more. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's a cyclical thing. It is, very much. Um, it's a catch-22. I don't know if it's a good catch-22 or bad catch-22, but it is a catch-22. My whole life is a delicate cycle, delicate cycle. Anyway, so that yeah. we don't have to torment you with Buck singing anymore, I'm Ian Decker. And I'm Ian Buck. See you later, Space Cowboy. Woohoo! can I be the life of the party? Answer. Have it at your local cemetery. There's a pun in there somewhere. somewhere. Oh, wait. But it's probably been the buried. The whole thing is... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Did it actually take you that long? Oh, damn. That was great, Ryan. Anytime. So, 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 I watched your video, and then YouTube's next suggestion video is John F. Kennedy talks about UFOs. <laughs> was that after the full hanger one or the struggles one um that must have been the hanger one thingy 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 <laughs> <laughs> what oh, 2012 man hey sounds like a fetch quest what, to me dude one day off Look, look, look. Oh, What's wow. today's date? Yeah. Oh, we wrote it on the 23rd, and this is from the... No, no, no. Today's the 22nd. Come on. I gotta show you this. So wait, also, the, the... so we're one day away from the... the... One day away from 2000... From the um, penguin murdering yeah, anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> from the murderversary? Yes, the murderversary. Now, somebody should type that into the French title so we don't forget.